1: Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check us every day on Dash Radio. That's the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Net. You'll find us every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out F I V E. ReasonsSports.com for all of Brady Hawks' latest takeaways. You can find those on the site as soon as the Heat games end. Also, a bunch of new Dolphins coverage up there. We're doing Marlins stuff every day. Our guy David Fernandez is putting up all the Marlins coverage and our podcast Three Arts Per Carry, Five Rings, Canes, Balls Cast, Light Skin Opinions, Shulable Podcast, and more. And our YouTube channel, we're getting close to 4,000 subscribers. On our YouTube channel, help us get to our goal of 10,000 by the end of the year, and we will continue to put up new shows. Our friend Kylie Wang has a new show, who is which is starting this week. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. One of them is the Gonzalez and Tybor Law Firm. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. You know, a recent report showed that over 45% of people use their stimulus checks to repay debt. This is money that could have and should have gone to cover living expenses even before the pandemic household debt in this country especially credit card debt was going up and it was hurting families and small businesses nobody likes to consider bankruptcy as an option for dealing with your debt but bankruptcy is one of the few laws that exists to actually help consumers so before you make another debt payment that you can't afford or you do something drastic like empty out your 401k and take a penalty or borrow money from friends and family why don't you talk to a professional about your options contact Gonzalez Tybor. It's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number is 954-378-8184. Consultations are always free and can be done by telephone or video conference. This is a local law firm. They've helped hundreds of clients get the fresh start that they deserve. So if you're having any issues with debt, don't hesitate. The phone number 954-378-8184. Bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. And now, today's episode.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Albon Sydney, aka Al954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on 5 on the Floor. Again, you can find us every day on Dash Radio, nothing but net channel, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Today's floor plan, I've got Greg Sylvander. I've got Alf on Sydney. You can follow Greg at Greg Sylvander. You can follow Alf, of course, at Alf954. Alex Toledo will be with us later in the week. We've also got an episode coming up. Greg and I recorded an interview earlier today. With a high school coach of Duncan Robinson at Exeter, and that was a lot of fun. So um, we're gonna we're gonna play that at some point this week, likely after the Heat complete. What will probably be a sweep Monday Monday six thirty. They play the Indiana Pacers. We're not gonna devote a whole bunch of time to that today because we have a special guest. I think this is the fourth time on a Five Reasons platform. Is that right, George? The fourth time I've had you. I think.
3: Uh yeah yeah that sounds about right.
1: Well, I was on with him the other day. This is George Sedano. You can follow him. He's one name like Madonna. Follow him at Sedano on Twitter.
3: Yeah, I think four sounds about right, Ethan, though I am a little disappointed that I can't see you on this podcast and I can see everyone else.
1: Yeah, nobody can see me. That's that's how I roll. And uh, I you know, I get to see Alf and Greg. I, I, look, I, I saw you for an hour and a half the other night. You did this uh, Zoom party. If you're not following. How I appreciate that.
3: How, how often are you doing these, George? After uh, maybe like twice a week. Like just twice a week, just because um, on local radio in LA, when the Lakers play, I'm off because the games are on at the same time. So it just gives me a reason to gas bag, you know, for, yeah. you know, with, well, so I, was, I don't lose, uh, I don't lose uh practice, you know, I, I was on
1: with a mean, um, uh, what's a mean doing with that beard, by the way, just, he's just letting it go. That's just
4: Levittard calls it hobo chic. It's horrible. It's terrible.
3: <laughs> it is terrible.
4: Listen, I'm, listen. I'm not doing much better over here. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, yo! Uh, but
5: he's committed to it, though
4: it's listen he has embraced the the aesthetic that you can you can do that right now in a pandemic exactly you can look yeah. like an insane person and pass but i feel like barbershops are opening more and more like it's less and less acceptable as every day passes and he but he's holding on for dear life and i respect it but it's terrible it looks terrible. and would you, it, would you
3: it, it is bad i i sent him a picture the other day of uh cornell west do you know who that is yes 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 the professor the uh the law professor yeah yes. and i was just like accurate um and, and I was just like, if this is what you're striving for, you're not accomplishing it because it works for him. It doesn't work for you. No,
1: no. The, the, I mean, it means smart, but there's got to be that kind of level of intelligence to pull that off. Like, I mean, Cornell West is one of the smartest people on the planet, so... Ah, uh, for sure. Uh, which, by the way, which of the uh, was that the Kemen- K- Kamensky
3: brothers I was on with? The K- Kamensky brothers. That w- which which of the Kamenetsky. brothers was I on with? Kamenetsky. Kamenetsky. You know, you you should be able to pronounce. I mean, for real, you're not gonna. You don't know how to pronounce Kamenetsky? Like what's K- going M- on here?
1: Kumpo. I don't know what I. I mean, that's. Uh,
3: I'm just saying, you're you're a, you're a scholar. You went to Johns Hopkins. You can't read somebody's name and, and and know how to like you know
1: pronounce it. Well, I I've always appreciated that you use the Johns instead of the John. That that's nice. That most people don't actually do that. So that that shows. Well, I know I I,
3: I know I I yeah. 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 I've actually visited the campus, so I'm familiar with yeah the, I mean the, the
1: George days. W. Bush came and said John, and he was booed off the stage so that, I mean that's not the only reason <laughs> what a <but>. surprise <laughs> that, was, that was that was one of the reasons anyway all right let's get to it there's a reason you're here there's a reason you're here we're not going to devote thirty minutes to this. I promise you okay but and, and I know Alex doesn't like me using funeral analogies right now, and I apologize for this, but uh,
3: yeah that's gonna not it's not, a, it's not the right time it, it's I not think.
1: it's not the right time. Yeah. But the yeah. Sixers are dead. Okay, so let's just let's just start there. All right. So from a
3: sports perspective, from a yes, sports the, perspective, yes, their season
1: yes, is over. Yes, they have been yes. swept. They are gone. People were resurfacing tweets from all over the place, including Greg resurfacing mine about Jimmy Butler a year and a half ago, when the circumstances were different. Okay, so not my phone is still blowing up, but the Sixers went from a team that were supposed to be. This season, a contender to go to the finals, potentially win a championship to a team that got swept out of the first round. I know they didn't have Ben Simmons, but Mm -hmm. also a team that at this stage of the quote unquote process was supposed to be a perennial contender. And now they appear to be in blow up stage. George, I will let you go first before Al for life, jump on you.
3: No, you don't have to just let them ask me the questions. Well, okay. I mean, we can all talk right, Alf, about it. I don't care. Go, go ahead. What, what, what happened here, George In your view, so why I, would I you think, not rather be the Sixers? I w so look, here's the reality of what happened here with this franchise. They entrusted the franchise after Brian Calangelo had his situation, right? If we all remember, um, I believe his wife had three burner accounts if I recall correctly. Um, where they were criticizing Sam Hinkie and like players. And I, I don't remember all the details, but whatever, long story short, the Colangelo family had taken over for Hinky. And look, I'm, a, I, I think Hinckley, um, while being radical uh, in his approach, I think that I was surprised the NBA stepped in the way they did um, with Hinky. And I still, it's really one of the few things I've disagreed on with Adam Silver. Like, if the owners of the team are willing to do that, that's them. That's on them. That's not for you to step in in that situation. It's literally the only thing I disagree with. Um, but anyway, so he's out. Calangelo's in, and look, Calangelo, like any GM, um, you know, including his father, right, uh, has hits and misses, but way more hits than misses. And he was a two-time executive of the year in Toronto prior to arriving in Philadelphia, and you know. He built a team, if we all recall, that beat the Heat in five that had a ton of shooting around it in JJ Redick, clearly, Marco Bellinelli, Irsan Ilyasova, both moves made at the deadline, by the way, uh, or in the buyout market. And they built a good team, or he built a good team that year on the fly uh, to add to what people thought was a promising young core, particularly a young duo, right? Which is what we have today in the NBA. And then he's out. (laughs) And all of a sudden, Elton Brand is in, who's never been a GM in his entire life. Now look, Elton Brand um, did pull off the Butler deal. You gotta give him credit for that. But really er everything outside of that was a disaster. He lost all his shooting, right? All the shooting was gone. Like he tried to replace Ursani Ilyasova and Marco Bellanini and JJ Reddick's production with Glenn Robinson III And Alex Burks okay like that's what he tried to do um so yeah and then the Brett thing with Jimmy as we all now know now now look that stuff is new as far as the public that stuff had been heard of I'm sure Jimmy's even hinted at it in Miami you know what I'm saying about how much Spo is different than other coaches he's had or whatever um and a lot of that was a shot at Brett I mean we all know the story that was out there about him and Brett in a film session, that was, that was public knowledge too. So that shouldn't be a huge surprise. But I love the way that they're scapegoating Brett, just for an aside for a second. Like, oh, yeah, that's the reason that this happened. Because Jimmy's not here because Brett couldn't get along with him. Not because the roster construction sucks.
4: How obvious was that, though? I'm sorry to keep going on the aside, but how obvious was that was a leak from Elton Brand? (laughs)
3: Oh, my God. (laughs) Come on. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, that's why I tweeted it. I'm like, really? You're going to scapegoat the coach on the day you're about to get swept? Like, that is like, you know, I mean, you couldn't – you couldn't
4: be more obvious in that situation. And to bring up Jimmy, that was the thing that was fun. Like the fact that Jimmy <laughs> was oh, the, yeah. what, it was, what, what was the whole, it, it, the problem is we don't have Jimmy Butler anymore. And the reason we don't have Jimmy Butler anymore is because of Brett Brown. Like it was so right. obvious and transparent.
3: Yeah. It's sure. embarrassing. Well, now now, em- embarrassing. Em- embarrassing is the right word for sure.
1: But it's not, but it's not just that. Then the heat, the heat Okay, and I love what they're doing on social they media. They tweeted like, the Jimmy Appreciation thing. Jim, yeah, I saw that. Playoff Jimmy Appreciation Day. Yeah. Okay, At the yeah. buzzer.
4: At the buzzer. Like, yeah. let's not forget the timing of that tweet. <laughs> oh, They yeah. were sitting there waiting to hit, hit send. That At was instruction buzzer.
5: from Pat.
3: Yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, Philly, who I didn't bet on in one – or pick to win in any game in that series, um, I – I had the Celtics minus seven today and lost that because of that ridiculous Embiid three. I'm not necessarily thrilled with them on a number of different fronts uh, today. But either way, Um, back to the story. So basically when Colangelo had to step down and you put in a guy who's never run an organization before. And then, look, I, I did a number of their games over the last year or so. And there was a clear disconnect between them and Brett at this point. Like, they had tuned him out, and it happens. After a certain amount of years, it happens. Like, you just tune them out, and you just need a fresh voice, especially if you're not winning the way you're expected to win, right? So, and the roster is, is more challenging. So, that means those guys' production on the floor together has gotten worse since that year where they beat the Heat in five, And then, because there's been less and less shooting, less and less spacing for them to work in. Um, And then in this series, once Simmons was out, he's the one guy that guards Tatum, like, and guards him well. So once he was out, that's why I'm glad that the ESPN.com picks came up right as that news broke, because I went, oh, I mean, I gave them one game because I thought maybe Embiid would have, like, a 50-point performance, but it was Celtics in five when I had to pick for .com because that was it. But really, that's the reality of it, is that they've had a number of opportunities to get this right. Uh, Colangelo set them up. The only mistake Calangelo made there in Philly was the Fultz thing. Um, and by the way, even that, like at the time, if you would have told me, talking to the people that I spoke to in the Pac-12 that competed against Fultz before the craziness of his shot, they would have all said, yeah, he's a number one pick for sure. There's no doubt. Like, he's a top two or three pick. Like, he can score at ease. Um, You know, he's he's tougher on defense than you think, but he has to – he had to take on a bigger scoring load. So, anyway, the Colangelo stuff, that's really his only mistake. Well, well but George, the rest of the stuff, that, before he did you right. go on,
1: Before you go on, Magic Johnson said that Markel Fultz had the best workout he'd ever seen. So, I, I, I'm not gonna, right. i not going to – Right. We can revisit it and say that you ended up, you know, passing on Tatum and giving up the extra first-round pick. But, but, yeah, I mean, I blame them more – honestly for the picks before the okafor pick when it was pretty clear that okafor's game was not going to translate uh to start him at the next level i mean he was slow with the back to the basket game in a league that was going away from that Um, sure and and trading Drew holiday for noel that was a hinky move right yeah but but here's the
3: thing he was well but he was just stripping it down at that point like that seemed fairly obvious and you you know drew holiday is a nice player but drew holiday is not like Getting you over the hump to win a championship. Drew
1: Holiday was 25 at the
3: time, George. I mean I, not I get even. it, but you had you had I had you hadn't seen enough to know if he was a difference maker or not by 25 years old. I, I think he is a difference maker. Is he not?
1: He'd certainly no. make a difference
3: with the Heat right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't right. think so. I don't. I disagree on Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday is a good player. I think if Drew Holiday is one of your top three players, you're not a championship team. I disagree with that. Okay, well, I'm just telling. I mean, you, you, I'm telling three, you based on three Al, or
4: four, three or four. If he's Al, a third or I'm fourth best you, player, I think I'm you can I'm telling could be a great you
3: team. based on what other GMs around the league think about him.
4: Well, I, what what I would say is the Sixers could have used a guy like Drew, but I the, the Drew thing that's you know that's the thing we're talking the things we're talking about right now that's kind of ancient history, right? And the Fultz thing it's not about drafting Fultz; it's about
3: failing to develop him and giving up on him. No, 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 no. Alf, Alf, the guy malfunctioned. Like, it just, there's, there's, like, even in Orlando, they're having a tough time figuring that out. Like, he
5: malfunctioned. But hold on. I think we should shelve all the transaction talk because, truthfully, like, this is the thing. And, and George, you alluded to it when you talked about that they switched from Colangelo to a GM who had no prior experience. Pat Riley was ousted three times in a row by a lower seeded New York Knicks team, and Mickey Harrison didn't oust him. Um, and didn't make that reactionary move where you bring in a new guy just for the sake of bringing in a new guy. And I think that like that kind of stems like that, the inspiration behind that is kind of where we're going with why these franchises get stuck where they are year after year. Well, wait,
3: Greg, he, he stepped down because of the embarrassment of what happened. Like there was like, that's not losing to the Knicks three years in a row. That's your wife getting caught with burners and talking about players on your roster. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's not the same thing. What do you mean? How are you shrugging your shoulders at that? (laughs) That is not the same thing. Losing, losing on a bounce or a play here or a bad Bennett Salvatore call is not being embarrassed yourself, embarrassing your family embarrassing your dad's legacy, uh, not just your own and embarrassing the league in a lot of ways. Fair point.
4: I, I think what I think what I think Lace's a larger point is just saying that the, the bad teams stay bad. Right. And there's a lack of stability in a lot of these organizations that but they're keep- not bad. No, I'm not saying they're bad, but they're I, I don't see that. Like, look, they're a mess. They're 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 a playoff team, but they're an absolute mess. Come on, George. They are a mess. Look okay. what Josh Richardson was saying about Brett Brown after the game. I, like Josh Richardson is hey, literally right saying here. that the guy, there's no accountability in this locker room. Car- like, right. And and, but- they've, and how long have they held on to Brett Brown? That's another thing. Yes, they, they're throwing Brett Brown under the bus and it's shitty what they're doing to him. But why are you keeping this guy around? He's a dinosaur. Wait, who's, um,
3: do you, I don't think, okay, first of all, you're. while I agree with you that, and it's what I alluded to earlier about uh, Embiid and Simmons kind of tuning him out, um, I think a lot of that is because they view him as the guy who got them through the process, right? Like, they still look at him as, like, the high school coach or the college coach. They don't look at him as, like, the finished product in that sense. Like they look at him and they're like, eh, they just lost respect for him. But it's because of the country club attitude that you're referring to. Um, it's not that he doesn't know basketball because they're I don't he think definitely he definitely know knows basketball. how to coach basketball. Anybody like, like, who, not dis- any
4: NBA coach knows basketball. Okay, but, but you I, made it
3: seem like he doesn't like I don't, he don't know be I, coaching junior high. You know? I will like,
4: say that when you're down fourteen in the fourth quarter and you throw out Embiid and Horford to try to get you back in the game, like that says a lot about his coaching style and and, and his You when, mean today?
3: Yeah. Well, what else does he have?
4: How? Listen, come on. Anything <laughs> is better than a whole. when you're down 14 and you need threes and you need to come back and there's four minutes left in the game and they were actively trying to win the game because they had their starters in. Like that's a that's not a good. But are we arguing? Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. Wait,
1: wait, Are we arguing minutia here?
3: Aren't we? I don't minutiae? want to argue minutia, but this is ridiculous. Okay. Who on that roster did you want on the floor that wasn't on the floor? Anybody who could shoot it. Oh no, or that's any. not an answer. Stop. Stop. That's not an answer. I, honestly, I'd rather look at the five that were on the floor. I'd
4: rather Thibault be out there. I'd rather Thibault be it. out there or Alex Bur. Alex Thibol, be out there. Thibault literally hits the backboard when he shoots threes. Okay, it's better than having Horford and Embiid together Stop. on the court. You're they wrong. Can- you're wrong, you you dude. Don't don't know they- know they- Horford about. and Embiid cannot play together, and their offense comes to a grinding halt. And they those don't, don't have another there. op. Yes, that's true in the big picture, Alf. But in this instance today, they don't have another option. Last ditch, fourteen points down with four minutes to go. You put out two big men, right? Like, that can't play well together.
3: As opposed to who? You don't have an answer to that. I said I would – I would literally rather – Anybody is
4: not an answer. I said Matisse Eibol or Burke. Either one of those guys. Matisse Eibol, literally, I'm telling you, hit the backboard. One shot, one shot. That's every game
3: there's a shot like that.
5: Okay, but – Star players wouldn't have uh, tuned them out if they had a little bit more culture, right,
3: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) whatever. Anyway, long story short is – all it's going to take, I look, I I have a pretty good insight as to what's going to happen there. Clearly, they're going to clean house. Um, there's going to be a, a new coach, probably a new GM, and there's going to be a person that takes that over that's going to be able, that has a real track record. They're not going to screw around. They already made the mistake of going, we'll give someone a chance for the first time. They are going proven commodity now as far as a roster builder. I can. That's what I'll say.
1: So let's let's cycle back here a little bit because I don't want to argue about today's game um, as much because hey, that's thing- your boy Alf
3: over there. No, no, but no, because bully because, Alf who likes to bully people around here. No, because
1: I this think. was this was over. Damn right, this was over. Okay, <laughs> and Brett Brown was out before today even happened. Yes, me to me to me. Yes. This argument is is not about today. It's not even about this series. It's a grander argument that we've been having now for four years about organizational approach okay and and we can talk about all the things that went wrong for philadelphia after hinky started the process and and i get that but the the bigger point that's being made and and i'm gonna need greg to hike up his mic a little because we're having trouble hearing him um is that the bigger point that is made is philadelphia took an approach that was totally counter to anything that and any team in this organ in the association's ever done okay i mean to this degree other teams have tanked but not set us out on a on a tanking platform for a period of years, okay? Which is what they publicly, basically, did. publicly, 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 they went about and did this, and then basically, let's just be honest, fuck the whole thing up. Now we can talk about whether it was it was uh, you know the commissioner jumping in and getting rid of Hinky in the middle of the process, but look, Hinky was not perfect, okay? Not even close in terms okay, of the players he- that he
3: picked. What, okay, this was the point I was trying to make before Alf interrupted me. What um, the hell, bro? Like, we were talking about <laughs> Brett Brown. He sucks. So, see, but there you go. You say things like that. He sucks. He doesn't suck. He you does. don't coach in the NBA if you suck. But okay, does it doesn't for I'll, the purposes of this like, let me argument. Tell you we're talking let me about tell you in, in, let
4: in me relative terms. Okay, let's get off of Brett Brown. Like, okay, let, I get it. But let me answer Ethan's question. He's going to be next to you on the
3: jump next year. <laughs> he, he might. I don't know. <laughs> um but the, well I, I i will say this there's only like three coaches in the time i've covered the nba that i'm like they have no business being in the nba and he's not one of them but anyway um and i will not reveal the other ones ethan knows one of them because i told him the story over the weekend um so wow to your question, qu-
4: strays out of nowhere that's to crazy. your
3: question ethan that's what you get for being a bully on twitter um, that's while well, I'm trying to do a radio show, you're like tweeting me in the middle of my God first, segment radio show. while I'm trying to multitask anyway. Um, to answer your question, Ethan Hinkie realized the draft is a bit of a crapshoot. Okay. Much like, for example, and again, I'm not comparing him to Bill Belichick, but like Bill Belichick's approach of trading out of the first round, right? Because he feels like there's more value that way. So hinky's thing was I'm just gonna accumulate picks i'm gonna do everything I can i'm gonna miss on some and i'm gonna but i'm gonna hit on at least a couple and if I get at least a couple, I've got the core of what I need moving forward, which he accomplished
5: yeah but the the issue is being able to maximize those players and actually like put together a roster that complements itself in a way that can can actually get to the mountaintop. And I think that that's the underrated part of this is that essentially you have a lot of teams that can assemble a lot of assets. I've heard the Minnesota Timberwolves are all of a sudden a great exciting young team in years past. The Phoenix Suns are the hot new, you know, new team. The Sixers are that team. Um, but these franchises just over and over again show that they make bad decisions. They pull the plug on coaches too soon pull the plug on maybe general managers too soon. And then also just can't necessarily put together the right pieces to surround these guys and maximize them. So that was like in 2017, when I was saying I would still rather be the heat is that from top down, I feel like the decision-making that'll take place, generally speaking, history tells me that a Pat Riley led organization is going to fare better than these, these cats that uh, no, you, what you
3: were doing then was being a blind homer because Pat Riley lost his mind for two off seasons. And listen, this is a man. I don't have. There is not a person in basketball that I have more respect for. When I saw him at Lebetsdard's wedding, I spoke to him for thirty minutes, and it might have been the most enjoyable time I had at the wedding. And it was a fun wedding. Okay, but he lost his mind. Even he's admitted as such. Okay. Let's not act like he hasn't totally. come out and said that no, he they were made totally mistakes. mistakes. They were okay? mistakes. So but let, that, let's not act like he no. got lucky that Jimmy and Brett didn't get along. That's the reality of all of this. If Jimmy doesn't get along, gets along with Brett, Jimmy is still in Philadelphia and the Heat are still trying to p- play Justice Winslow.
5: Okay. maybe. But also when you build this type of organization and you have guys like Dwayne and CB and others that will go to bat for you in league circles. Like, why do you think Jimmy was enamored with Miami and like was a magnet to that organization? Dwayne co-signed that when he was in Chicago. So I feel like some of this, it, it transcends just each transaction in itself
4: well i think where, where greg and i were in 2017 or two th- whenever we started having this argument which has been fucking fantastic and really fun by the way i i, I really want everybody to understand that Sedano and i and leif and all we don't all hate each other like we enjoy this stuff like it's it's wrestling we're all walking out there like hogan with our ears to the crowd Sedano walks in with the heel hisses with a steel chair it's fun right? It's sports. Like we're not, nobody's angry. A lot of you guys are out there. Uh, F Sedano, calm down. Like, listen, Sedano is one of like the only people in the national media that's, that backs the heat consistently. So let's just get out the way. Now here's where Sedano's wrong. Um, in 2017, but we had this argument. One of the, the things that uh, Leif and I were always trying to say is no matter the, despite the fact that Pat Riley made mistakes, we trust the Miami heat to be able to fix those mistakes because of their track record. Like, we just trust in this organization because I've been watching basketball for 40 years, basically, and all I've watched is bad teams stay bad as, as, as long as they have the same ownership and the same management. So I just don't trust these teams to
3: ever fix the mistakes. Okay, but what, what I would say to you, Alf, is this, okay? That I don't think Philadelphia's ownership is bad. I think that they're, they're young, they're aggressive, Um, They've also had some crappy luck, right? We just talked about the Colangelo thing. They had- We just talked about the heat luck. Luck is part of all of this, No, 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 no. no. I I understand that. But what I'm saying to you is, there are a lot of ways to lose a GM, okay? Including a legacy GM. Very few times in the history of any sport have, has a GM been lost because his wife had three burner accounts ripping people within the organization. But I think, I think
4: more of the, our argument was against Hinky and the whole losing and the process and just the entire, the, the entire well, methodology of it. Like I, it. It's radical. I'm and, I, with I, you. And it's, it's radical, not sustainable. It's not sustainable. To but, me. but
1: these are human beings. I think the point that Al's making, and this is the same issue I had to a degree with what the Dolphins were doing, but I actually think what the Dolphins did was a little more systematic. Uh, and they would be able to dig out of it easier is when you create this culture of losing and then you don't, uh, my big issue. And I remember having Malik Rose on uh, my show on Bleacher Report radio that I used to do with Howard Beck and the problem that Malik Rose had with what they're, and I think Malik Rose ended up joining the organization, he but did. He, he did, he did. But at the time, one of the problems he had with what they were doing was because they didn't have any vets in the room. So they kept bringing in young players who had nobody to set examples for them. They have no sustained culture in Philadelphia, so you don't have the Alonzo Mornings or the Keith Askins or those types who are still around. And so there was just nobody to show any the young players the way. And I think we've seen that now because the only two guys that they hit on, George, were two guys, first thing, who had to sit out a whole year uh, in Embiid and in Simmons, right? And those two guys, in their own way, have issues. I mean, Embiid doesn't seem to get along, play well with others, okay? And Simmons, and I think this was Jimmy's big issue there, at least from a playing perspective, Simmons is more interested in the other shit that comes with being an NBA player than he is with, with actually being a superstar. And there's no one there. there there's no vets. And the one year that they did something they brought in Bellinelli, they brought in Ilya Sova, at least, I mean, they brought in some vets who'd actually accomplished JJ. something. They had JJ. They had JJ Redick. Okay. And then, and then those guys leave and you don't have anybody. So, the bigger point, and I don't want to—I want to get to the Heat with you, and I want to get to the Lakers. I don't want to spend all this time on on Philadelphia. We, we brought you on for this reason, obviously. But, but the bigger point is this: Do you think that another team? Because I know what you think of the Heat, but do you think another team should even try this again? I mean, is this is this depends proven to be a is.
3: systemic failure, essentially? I mean, I think that I think you you can try it. I think I would. I think that it just depends on the situation, right? Like, you know what I mean, like. If you're Minnesota, and, you know, and let's say Carl Anthony Towns leaves you in free agency, um, whenever that, or or demands a trade or whatever, then maybe you reboot it. You know what I mean? Like, they've already only made the playoffs once in 15 years. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how much harder would it be to be back? I think Um, they're doing
4: it right now, I feel. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, right,
3: in essence. Um, So, I think it just depends. What I would say to you is this. The difference between Hinckley and, let's say, a Daryl Morey, um, who is basically who Hinky learned from is that Daryl did the stuff you're talking about. His team still had veteran guys, right? His teams were also probably a little better balanced. He wasn't as extreme, but I, I think that, um, I do think that someone else will try it just not, not exactly the way as they went about it. I think it's yeah. the
4: late I think it's and Jack Alfonso Alfonso hoops on Twitter pointed this out, and it's just the fact that he shoved it in the NBA's face.
3: Right, that doesn't
4: it, help. It doesn't help at all. like yeah. it, they, they have to maintain some competitive at least a, a semblance of a competitive balance, even if we all know what's really going on. like they, you can't just flaunt the fact that you're trying to lose in the NBA's face.
3: They're not going to stand for it. And by the way, I, I only bring up Minnesota as an example, right? Like, I'm not saying that that's what they're going to do. But, uh, you know, the, you know, Gerson is also a Maury disciple, much like Hinky mm-hmm. was. Um, and if, if Towns were to leave, he probably would have no other recourse, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, I know Kevin Garnett's trying to buy the team with a group, but it's not like, uh, you know, just because Kevin Garnett's there, guys are going to be like, yeah, I want to go to Minnesota in free agency. Like, that's probably not going to happen um, unless they can build a, a you know. A-
1: this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash miami heat today to get 10 percent off your first month again that's BetterHelp help com slash miami heat
3: winning program again um so to answer your question i think if someone did it they would do it but it would be a modified version of it the Mm -hmm. listen you're gonna when you're making a shorter version yeah Yeah, when you're making an omelet you're gonna break eggs man like that's just the reality of it especially if you've never done it before Mm -hmm. so i think that the the Sixers situation is was radical at first but i understood it was, I thought, then headed on the right path with the Colangelo family. And then that, thing, you know, went crazy for reasons beyond anyone's real control. Well, except the Colangelo yeah. family. Sounds like um, a lack of culture. The Colangelo family. The family. Listen, right, yeah. the Colangelo family, I mean, they're not Pat Riley, but it's not like, I mean, they literally restarted and rebooted Team USA for us to win golds again. Right, it's not yeah, like yeah. there's some, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're like nobodies in the basketball world. Um, Bunch of bums. Yeah, so we would we would we would still be losing in gold medal games if it wasn't for them. Um, so, um, but anyway, I just think that I think that there's still a look with Embiid and Simmons. You have a 25 and 26 year old star, two guys that are both top 15 players in the league. Who I still think have have heights that they can hit. I don't think they've hit their ceiling. So if you get a real architect of rosters in there who then hires a real coach, right? Who, and again, I'm not trying to knock Brett, but someone with actual championship experience, right? Or deep playoff experience, like what the Lakers did with Vogel this year, right? They hired Vogel. They could have hired Jason Kidd. That was the sexy name. I'm sure LeBron would have loved it, but they went out of the box and said, let's go Vogel. Vogel's been a successful coach. Yes, he hasn't won a championship, but he's been a a successful coach in this league. So you can find someone like that um, and say to yourself, this person can get these two guys to understand what it takes to go deep into the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And, and be a, a coach, a teacher, uh, a mentor, uh, be a hard ass if he's got to be, you know? Like that's what the next person who constructs the roster and isn't going to be in charge of that organization needs to do. And if they do that, they're still going to be a contender for the Eastern Conference and potentially a championship. Um, it's not like... <laughs> You know, if someone else comes in new, they got to trade Horford to mm-hmm. Alf's point. But, you know, again, I'm not trying to argue about today, but I just think today they do not have any options. But Horford, you were right in the sense of, and that's what I was trying to say earlier, in the big picture sense, it doesn't make sense. But Horford, I think, can be traded because I think that there are young teams that want an Al Horford because all they've got is a bunch of young guys on the roster. And again, I I am just recklessly speculating here. I am not saying that this is going to happen, but I could see Joe Dumars in Sacramento now going, you know what? We could use an Al Horford. We don't have a reliable big man um, Mm. who can do the big man stuff in today's game, stretch the floor, rebound, box out, you know, set screens like that. Because Giles is young and also, look, they're still trying to figure out what his health situation is going to be moving forward. Um, Bagley's health situation hasn't been great, Right. So just having a veteran presence in that locker room, like to add to Harrison Barnes, I think would be good uh, for an organization like that. And you know, there's no secret that Buddy Heald is not happy there. You know, they, the Philadelphia would probably, in this imaginary scenario, have to throw in a, another pick, a pick too. But that could solve a lot of your problems. You know what I mean? Like I can create scenarios where the Sixers can be pretty good right away.
1: All right, so we're going to switch to the heat real quick, and then Alf's got to go, and Greg and I are going to finish this thing up. Uh, but will you say it? So Alf was literally
3: just here to fight with me? That's all you that, brought that, him in that, for? That, yeah.
1: That, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, really, for the
3: love of God.
1: <laughs> well, for the love of God. That's five good words. Good radio. It's a good that, radio, man. That, that's five words. For the love of God. There's another five-word phrase that became very popular on Twitter. I'd. Let's do this together. I'd. I'd. Rather rather be be the the Sixers. Sixers. (laughs) (laughs) Pete.
3: Look, look, the way I will end this conversation is this. Um, Until there are banners hoisted in one of those two arenas. Oh, uh, no, no, you can't do that. Wait, 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 are you, you're gonna let me finish? Only one team wins the championship every year, George. Okay, so again, the original conversation was, I thought the Sixers championship window, was closer than the Heat's. Okay, mm-hmm. that's still not inaccurate, to be honest with you. Um, but almost. Uh, eh, I don't no, know. I think it is inaccurate. Yeah. I think it's it pretty pretty just scary. got swept. I just told you they're one move away from potentially being. Well,
5: way, yeah, I mean, but the Heat are one and move, and move the the away from one Giannis. Move away
1: from dominating the East right now. I mean, I mean that's dominating
3: the East.
5: Like I mean, listen. if it's,
3: if it's Bradley Beal I mean. or Giannis. <laughs> okay yeah but again you have to hope that that happens like that's not a given like you can trade al horford that's that that is not an
5: immu. we've learned that there are no immovable contracts well, yeah but see like the whole thing with the heat was is everyone said they had no assets no flexibility no draft picks and they couldn't make the moves well now they're about to approach two off seasons where they have max cap space they have young talent like so they're really set up to to have flexibility to make these moves. So I feel like the window has shortened for Philly in a lot of ways because of the re that no, is required with where Miami is no. kind of has the pieces no, in place man. and just needs that one more creator to kind of get them over the hump.
3: You can't say that a team that was predicted to be potentially in the NBA finals, uh, just because they got swept out of one round or, you know, because their second best player was injured. Um, and that they didn't have any shooting because of the crappy roster construction. You can't say that if they don't make the one right move, that all of a sudden they're not going to be back to the point where everybody thought they were going to be this year. That seems silly. Um, and regards to the Heat, look, if the Heat win a champion, let me just make my point before Ethan rudely interrupted me. Um, the whole point was somebody's got to hoist a banner, and I thought Philly was closer. And I don't think that that has been – determined yet to be honest with you because neither team has hoisted a a banner at this point so and by the way if the heat end up being the one hoisting the banner i'm gonna be the one popping champagne at my house so i don't give a crap um so and if the sixers win then i could just say i was right okay win so you I, put yourself
4: in this win-win situation you
3: don't lose
1: leave it to sadano to do yeah to play to play both sides here all right let's switch i know alf's got to go so alf you go uh, George, I want to transition to something heat-related with you. The right. last thing
4: I'll say is George is wrong.
1: That's fine. Go. Love right, you, George. I, <laughs> out of here. You do Love the you, Manscaped George. ad tomorrow. Uh, All right. I, I, I promised that I would talk about something specific uh, on Twitter today on the pod, which was uh, a little bit of information that I've kind of been gathering about the types of players that Jimmy Butler wants to play with. We, we've talked about some of this stuff before, Greg. Um, I want to throw a name at you, uh, George, and you tell me how you think
3: he would fit. Kyle Lowry oh he's perfect yeah he's perfect he is he is exactly what they need the heat don't have um, a guy that can defend point guards and defend smaller guards in general Um, he's amazing at that he it's crazy he went from being the guy that was bad in the playoffs forever Mm -hmm. to being the guy that you're like Man, how can you not want that guy in that battle? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so happy for him because he's such a good dude. And, yeah, he's exactly what you want. Um, I'm just curious to see. Look, Masai is always a step ahead of everybody. You know what I mean? So could he deal him? Maybe. Um, I don't know, though. Masai wants to win. And he likes Pascal's trajectory. He likes Ananobi's trajectory. I mean, his look, outside of Miami and San Antonio, um, historically, in the Maasai era, specifically, you could talk about Toronto being right there with those two teams. Actually, I, mean, I, think, that, they're, I think they're ahead of San Antonio now. I now actually, they are, yes. But I'm saying, like, historically. You know what I mean? Because yeah. even Colangelo did a decent job of developing guys mm-hmm, um, yeah. prior to Maasai.
5: Do you think um, he would have the nerve to trade Lowry, though? Because, like, I, I see, like, Raptors Twitter talk about building Kyle, Kyle Lowry statues. So it'd Yeah,
3: be- I, I don't – I mean, I think Masai – clearly the DeRozan thing will show you he'll do whatever he needs to do. That's true. Good point. You know, so uh, – but I would find it harder to believe that he would um, not – He would have to get something really valuable, I think, in return. I don't think, but but
1: but it could just be about money, George. uh, Because if you if you look at their situation, they've got to pay Van Vliet. Um, What I what I've heard is that Kyle may not want to kind of share the backcourt with Van Vliet for too long. Um, It's kind of been his backcourt, especially since Damar left. They they have Norm Powell. They have, as you mentioned, they love OG's trajectory. They've 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 got Pascal. They have Gasol and Ibaka who are up. And I heard that they want to keep one if they can. Um, I mean, it's a lot of money to throw around. And Lowry's making $27 million. And and so, I mean, you could get flexible in a hurry if you traded him. He's the name. I will say this. Every time that I run these kind of bigger names um, by people in Jimmy's circle, I keep getting Kyle Lowry back. Uh, it's just, it's interesting. Like I, what I've been told is, you know, Donovan Mitchell doesn't do enough other than score. Um, you know, that you take a look at, uh, you know, some of the other guys that have been talked about drew holiday. I know he has a lot of fondness for, but the reason I keep bringing up with Jimmy is when Jimmy came down, like one of the things that what happened here was we're going to work with you on bringing in the right team around you. Like he's going to have a say and he's earned a say this year with the way he's competed. Mm -hmm. When you look at the rest of the names, George, and and then uh, I want to transition with you real quick to the West. When you look at the rest of the names, is there, I mean, would you make a play for Oladipo after what you just saw?
3: No, absolutely not. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the guy like, well, look, the good thing about him is he's going to hit free agency after next season.
5: Right. I mean, you might be able to get him discounted at this point if he says he wants out of Indy.
3: Yeah. So I think that there's that, but I would not take that risk for anything that is valuable on your roster. Uh, I'm looking at Toronto's cap sheet right now, mm-hmm. and they have 86 million committed on the books without Gasol, Ibaka, or Van Vliet. Um, so they're going to pay Van Vliet. Van Vliet is probably going to make in the 20, low $20 million range. Yes. So that's 106. Let's just call it 108, just to, let's say it's 22. Um, Norman Powell's under contract. So if they keep one of Ibaka, whatever, that's another 20. Now, they would be right back, Ethan. They would be around the number they're at right now if they only keep one of Ibaka and Gasol and keep um, Van Vliet. So I, I don't I, – I'm not as – I have not heard that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, here's what I can do. Um, you know, had you – I wish you would have asked me, uh, like if you would have texted me that before, and I probably could have reached out to some people and had better information for you about what I'm hearing in regards to that. Um, so I will do some homework. Okay. And uh, for my fifth appearance on the Five Reasons Sports right. platform. With no ALF I, this time, that's right. I, with ALF, no, I love ALF. Um, <laughs> but the I will have better information on that. I will do some homework on that. Right, that?
1: Well, here's a couple other things I've heard. Um, the, the infatuation with Oladipo may be overstated. Um, I. I
3: Community. Oh, no, the infatuation is not with Oladipo. Miami with Oladipo. My understanding is it's Oladipo is with
5: Miami. Correct. Oladipo, it's more Oladipo with Miami to than Miami with Oladipo. It's, it's not necessarily and, and Miami to Oladipo. I, and I, the, the infatuation with Donovan Mitchell is more coming from the Bam Adebayo side of the, uh, the, the two pillars in Miami than Jimmy, as yes. I understand it.
1: Yes. Bam. Bam is a big fan of Donovan's. Correct. Um, I, I don't think that's as much Jimmy. I, 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 if you look at the types of players that Jimmy's going to want to play with the types of guys like drew holiday and Kyle Lowry jump to the top of the list, low maintenance. Okay. In a lot of different ways, tough physical defenders. Okay. Who can help you run an offense and can make a shot like that. That is both mm-hmm. of those guys fit the profile. I'll go to you on this. Cause I know you have a relationship with Griff as do I, do you think that New Orleans will move Drew Holiday because his timeline, and they got a lot of decisions too—Brandon Ingram, etc. His timeline does not necessarily match up with Zion's.
3: Uh, I think for the right price, but he's not going to give him away for nothing either, right? You know what I'm saying? Like much like Masai, I think that he's going to want to—he's going to want to get something in return because the way he looks at it is, you are. Um, you're getting a player, um, well, I guess he'll probably opt out, right? Um, well, maybe not anymore. You know what I mean? Like, this pandemic has changed the finances in it's a lot very of ways. very true. And we don't know. There's so much we don't know. Right. So I don't know what the cap is going to look like. I don't know. Like, those questions are hard, Ethan, because of that. I will just say this. Having had not necessarily direct conversations with David Griffin, but having had conversations – about drew holiday around the league the sense is that there were plenty of ask people asking for his availability but what new orleans was going to receive in those conversations was not enough for david griffin's liking okay that makes sense
1: that makes sense all right final thing before we let you go and we'll do this one quick and then Greg and I are going to get to uh, – I can't talk
3: about the Heat. Like, all we're talking about is, is transactions and the
1: Sixers? That's where I was going to go with this, okay? okay. I'm, I'm not going to engage you on Laker Talk. Uh, the Heat are up 3-0 in this series. I feel like this is a foregone conclusion at this point, which is why we really haven't talked about it tonight. Um, but uh, give me uh, what your upside is for them now that you've seen them in the bubble because you and I, I think, are in alignment on a lot of the things – that we expected to see in the bubble. And a lot of those things have played out, including Goron uh, playing well, including, you know, who Spolscher was going to trust, including the young legs and heroes development. Uh, but I mean, do, has your view of where they can go changed?
3: Um, I have been a proponent that they can, at the very least push Milwaukee deep into the series And I have been a big proponent on radio and television that if it gets to a seventh game, I'll take my chances with Miami in that situation. Um, But I think that that's where this is headed. Um, And look, I just look at their roster and I say to myself, how many guys, how many teams have multiple guys that they can throw at Giannis? Okay. And if you look around the NBA, there is. Miami, there is Toronto, right, in the Eastern Conference. I, I don't even look, I don't even think Boston is in that category. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Milwaukee runs over Boston every time they play them. Um, so, really, there's only, even though Miami has struggled with Boston, so it's weird, right? Like, there, and Boston has also had pretty good games against Toronto. So, it's just kind of weird the way people match up. But, you know, I, Philly, you know, Elton Brand, if you, to go back to them for a second, his goal, or at least the way he talked about it, is that he built this team to try to stop Giannis. Uh, he didn't even get anywhere near Giannis, so there's that. Um, but I just think that Miami and Toronto, or Miami and Toronto, yes, specifically, are built to-, to guard him. Obviously, there's Bam. And look, in the first two matchups, I think Bam held him to 35% in the 23 possessions, um, or the 23 attempts that Giannis attempted over Bam, um, obviously Jimmy can guard him some. Obviously Iguadala can guard him some. Uh, Obviously Crowder can guard him some. Like, they've got guys that they can throw at him um, that I think can be effective. So I, I, I think that that's the thing. Like, we've seen Orlando with a lot worse roster at times get themselves either a win or back in games because they have a good defensive coach in Steve Clifford and they devise a plan. And here's the one thing that Clifford did that I think Eric should look at is because look, clearly we all know, everyone knows the book on Giannis, build a wall, right? Build a wall. You got to meet him, uh, you know, above the, you know, actually, you know, used to be meet him at the above the free throw line. Now you got to meet him above the break. I think personally, Um, but what I liked from Clifford and Orlando in that first game, he started trapping Middleton and Middleton was like, what is happening here? Like, I have no idea what this is like. And it threw them off like completely. And, you know, not to say he didn't build the wall against Giannis or whatever, but when Middleton had the ball, they trapped him hard. And I think that that's something Eric should look at. And, again, the Heat have these components, right, that they can do this. Eric has got a lot of versatility with this particular lineup. And I think that the, the layoff is actually something that's been beneficial to the Heat because it allowed Andre Igadala to be more in tune with the way the Heat want to conduct business, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. Um, offensively I felt like he always kind of understood what Eric was trying to do but defensively it's not until you're there that you really get a feel for what they do Um, and Andre again is arguably the smartest player in the league so um, and so I I knew he'd get along with Spo, but it felt like he was a little you know kind of playing trying to play catch-up he hadn't played in a long time learning a new system all that was going to be really tough but now it feels like he is seamlessly part of what they're doing, and it's funny because I still see people on Heat Twitter bemoaning when he's out there. And if you don't know why he's out there, you just don't know basketball. hashtag Learn the game, all right. hashtag I still miss you, Spoon. Oh, um, right. we a so, spoon reference, yeah. Oh, so I, that's what I would say is that he is even at thirty six years old. He knows what he's supposed to do. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of in 2006 when the Heat had Gary Payton. And GP was not anywhere near the GP he once was. He may not even have been the glove anymore at that stage. But he had veteran savvy and he understood the angles. And in this case, Iguodala is still way more athletic than GP was at that stage and has way more length to play with that allows him to kind of make up for some of that lack of explosion or athleticism that he may have had even a year or two ago. All right, so, well,
1: well but, but I, I have two other names for you that, that you and I both know. The two names I've used are Marley and Battier that they're just guys who, when they're right. out there, it's like, they don't really have to score, but they just kind of make things work. Right. It, just because they're always in the right place or getting the ball to the guy who's in the right place.
3: So, yeah, I mean, Shane was the no-stats all-star, right? The New York Times had that piece when he was with the Rockets and Daryl Morey and those guys. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think he's perfect. And I think that he's pretty much going to be in 90% of the closing lineups, um, depending on matchups and situations. And, you know, you're going to have Bam and Jimmy and him and Goran and a shooter. And maybe it's Tyler. Uh, maybe it's Duncan. Um, although Hero seems to be – more, um, I think, versatile because you have another ball handler on the floor and he's become a better passer, even though that Milwaukee game was just a complete abomination. I felt like he had like five or six straight turnovers uh, in that game. Um, I I think that he, and clearly he's not afraid of the moment, right? He was their third leading scorer in the fourth quarter this year for a reason. And so I I think that Tyler will probably be heavily involved there. I saw Jay, I guess, in that last game uh, close instead of Tyler. And I I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it just depends on if you need defense or not. So Eric's got a lot of options. But I think that they're capable, and I think Toronto is certainly capable of beating Milwaukee. Um, I still think that if Milwaukee – if Giannis can, can hit shots consistently enough where you have to guard him out there, then that changes things. He's hit him at a good percentage. He's just not hitting the volume. And he's taking more now. He went two of two in that first half the other night. Uh, or the other day, I'm used to saying night and, uh, and that, that changed things. So from game to game though, I don't think you can trust that type of consistency though from him. And I think that that's where they're in trouble is that even at this stage, he's still a work in progress on offense, even though he is an undeniable freak of nature athletically.
5: Imagine what Rob Fedor could do with him shooting as a shooting coach down in Miami. Hint, hint. Culture. Sorry. Had to do it. Hint, hint.
1: Giannis Bam t-shirt, which, uh, which we're going we're gonna to start well, getting out there. We're going to send you one wanna, of those to wear
3: on ESPN. If you want to talk about Giannis, I think that beyond Milwaukee, the suitors are fairly obvious, right? Like it's, it's, it's Miami, it's Golden State, it's Toronto, it's the Lakers. Those okay, are the four teams nah,
1: that are gonna... I'll throw in one more. This, to me, it's those
3: four and it's Dallas. You, you know what? You mentioned that to me the other day on the thing on the podcast we did, and I, I still don't understand your reasoning for Dallas. Why? Uh, because
1: he could play with Just another Luca? top five player in the world. Okay. And whose game I think in a lot of ways actually fits him because Luka's such a great distributor um, and, and also obviously a plus shooter from range, as we saw tonight. Uh, one of the more ridiculous shots you'll ever see at the end of a game. I to me and personality-wise they seem to fit. Um, they are my understanding. They already have a bit of a relationship, and personality-wise they seem to fit. I mean, some of it comes down to their cap sheet, but you figure it out to get Giannis. I, I would throw them in the mix too. But I, I've been saying Miami, Toronto, Golden State. Um, I did talk to somebody today who told me it's going to be if it leaves Milwaukee, it's going to be Miami or Toronto. I mean, that, I could see either. The, yeah. the, those are the two I hear. I hear uh, hear most consistent. See, I,
3: I, I think that a lot of people I know t- think that Golden State is a legitimate option. I, I
1: can I can see that, and I think sometimes we don't hear it as much because because you're on the other coast. All right, George, we appreciate it. We're up against it. Uh, thanks for coming on. You didn't say we'd rather be this. I'd rather be the Sixers, so I failed in that regard. But um, you know, maybe at some point in the future. So. <laughs> Thanks. All right. I fifth will come appearance, back do Fifth it. appearance. I need Kyle Lowry information. I right? will have
3: Kyle Lowry info for you on the fifth appearance. I will have All that right. for you. All see right. you Greg at the I, parade on Biscayne. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. See you.
1: Thanks, George. All right, Greg and I are going to close this up in a second. But before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's our friend, Dr. Chana- Jonathan Chung at Chiropractic Keystone. Actually, it's Keystone Chiropractic, but the website is chiropractickeystone.com. A bulging disc probably isn't why your back and neck hurt. Bulging discs can, can, are used to be blamed for all types of spine pain. But the truth is, if you're over the age of 30, you probably have a bulging disc and don't even know it. That's because most bulging discs don't cause any pain at all. When it comes to pain, you're more than just a picture from your MRI. Many patients with back pain or neck pain can become pain-free, even though your MRI looks exactly the same. If your doctor is blaming all of your pain on a bad disc, Make sure you get second opinions from healthcare providers that have a strong focus on rehab, get more health tips like this and more by following Keystone Neuro, that's on Twitter, Keystone Neuro, N-E-U-R-O, or at Doctor Jonathan Chung on Twitter and Instagram. All right, coming back, we were going to devote more time to this, but we went a little bit long with George. You want to do a gr- guts check, Greg, or you want to hold it? No, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Today's
2: guts check.
0: I think everybody needs to get a grip. You got to stay together if you got the guts, and you don't find the first door, and run out of it. There are no obstacles. There's no obstacles. All there are are accusations and opinions. We have done this since
2: 1995.
0: We'll find out what we're made of here. If you got the guts. guts, 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 guts.
2: This is Guts Check with Greg Sylvander.
5: Okay, so I'm going to make this one relatively easy, and we're just going to look through a catalog of old tweets and see some old takes that we were able to expose earlier today as it relates to the Miami heat. Um, So I'm going to to go through these kind of rapid fire. We're not going to spend too much time unpacking each one, but it's just fun to read them in retrospect. So this one comes from January 12 2016 Kyle says how long until we can start talking about how bad of a trade that was by the heat to get Goran Dragic. The next one on 221.15 from crossover. Bad trade. Norris Cole is better than Dragic. Pat Riley is a fool. The next one comes February 19th, 2015. Now the Heat have nothing on the bench. Bad trade. Lost their bench and both first round picks. Drag- Dragic isn't worth any of that. They panicked. Hold on. It gets better. And don't worry, Ethan. I'm going to leave yours out of here. Pat Riley. So this is coming from 62119. So we're approaching free agency. um, The Jimmy Butler free agency, mind you, Pat Riley satisfied with his last few years of mediocrity and not good enough, but not bad enough purgatory. And lastly, we're going to go to myself, where I said the heat. The Heat will win a fourth title before the Sixers win one with any member of any process. Save this tweet, screenshot it, et cetera, management. That was from 32318. 18. I am conveniently leaving out some of the <laughs> other ones um, where I called culture BS and I was extremely upset about uh, the Rodney Magruder cut, which then uh, enabled them to bring in Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, right? Basically
1: base. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. You are leaving those out. I had those bookmarked for you. There was <laughs> another one that was sent to me today and I-, I will read mine. Okay. I'll do it before we go here because I feel like that's only fair, but our guy Adam over at clutch NBA found this one for me. This was from you. He need the-, the next young stud uh, to be the anchor of the next era. The involuntary tank is the only way to get that. That's from December fifteenth, two thousand fourteen. Oh, so that one—that hurts. In. I, I will read mine. I will read mine because you threw this out here today. Let me find it. I'm sorry. I, I, I gotta give the context because you know all of a sudden I'm it's, if it goes to old take look Mike Ryan found it. If it goes to gold take uh, old takes exposed, I'm totally screwed. But let me find your uh, let me find it. It's in here somewhere. You you threw me under the bus. I was trying I was trying to
5: leave it out, man.
1: You no, you, th- you threw it in here. I'm trying to find it. It was my Jimmy Butler tweet from 2018. Here it was. This was tweeted out of frustration because this damn process was taking so long. If you remember, November 3rd, 2018, I tweeted Jimmy Butler dot 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 issues with key teammates in Chicago, issues with key teammates in mini, which most there believe he caused, or at least that's what I was told at the time. Stages a charade in concert with ESPN kind of did remember when Rachel Nichols just happened to show up in Minnesota that night now won't play back to backs and do 42 million at age 33 with extension at this point comma pass but I said at this point and a few months later I was pushing for a Jimmy Butler trade because the circumstances have changed so that's how I'm getting myself off the hook with that one. I can't believe I said they should have tanked. I'm never going to live that down. Involuntary tank. Involuntary tank. All right. Thanks to everybody for joining us. We'll do another guts check uh, next week. We're going to have a live pod uh, after the game. Well, not a live stream. We're going to do a live stream before the game, before game four, uh, which is at 6.30 p.m. So we'll be on at 6. And then we're going to do a podcast afterwards. Thanks to George for joining us. Thanks to Al for joining us. And then Bolting, uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
4: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.